Thanks for listening to the Unsilent Church Podcast. For reasons beyond our understanding, social justice has become a term of derision and polarization, often cast away as an unclean thing that we must keep separate from. However, when we read about the life and behaviors of Jesus and pay close attention to his words, we quickly realize that those who would attempt to distance justice in the social sphere and away from the heart of the gospel may well be distancing themselves from the heart of God. Thanks for listening to the Unsilent Church podcast. For reasons beyond our understanding, social justice has become a term of derision, often cast away as an unclean thing that must be kept separate. However, when we read about the life and behaviors of Jesus and pay closer attention to his words, we quickly realize that those who would attempt to distance justice in the social sphere and away from the heart of the gospel may well be distancing themselves from the heart of God. In this episode of the Unsilent Church and the season three finale, we get the privilege of talking to Daryl Williamson, who drops this bomb along with many, many others as it pertains to a biblical theology of justice. If you found yourself in a conversation with someone who believes the answer to injustice is to simply preach the gospel, this is an episode you need to hear to enlighten us all to a clearer understanding of grace justice and God's heart for his people to act accordingly. Enjoy. Season three hey. of the unsilent church. Finale. The conclusion. Podcast, the conclusion, the finale. And good season. I think so. I think it's been the best season we have. <laughs> I think it's been the best season we have. The best ever. Yeah, I think so. Primarily because uh, one, I like the theme justice and peace, right? You know, justice in these streets. Streets. Um, but because Screech, we had a lot of guests yeah. on, and today we have a special guest close in out. the RCC studios. Another honorable. What's up? Another honorable mm. pastor, bishop, reverend. <laughs> reverend. Yeah, should we? You can say bishop. <laughs> Shepherd. <laughs> it's a biblical term. You good, brother. Oh, you good. Look at that. He's like, today I'll accept <laughs> that. Watch, you watch yourself. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. Uh, Daryl Williamson, what's going on, brother? How what's going doing? on, brothers? It's good to be here, man. I'm yeah. excited just to build with you, brothers, and chop. Yeah, yeah. If you uh, want to hear more from Daryl, we should mention we also did an RCC today with him on colorism, which is was, yeah, was fire, 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 fire. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Daryl's one of the best uh, people we we know uh, on so many different topics. So excited Pastor to have you. Living Faith Bible Fellowship in Tampa. You're here. Yeah, you crab legs in Tampa. Heard. Crab legs are great in Tampa, man. All seafood is better in really? Florida. Yeah, just <laughs> full stop right wow. there. Wow. Full stop. There it is. There it is. That's right. I like that. Look how strong he came with that. <laughs> he said that He said that with all of his chest. He said it with all of his chest. Guttural. All right, own that. Own that. Also uh, co-director of the Creek Collective, um, church planning network that... Board member, that's right. It's essentially yeah. uh, planning churches in... Black and brown, under-resourced areas. So That's right. We're doing great work there. And uh, so, yeah, this is the finale. And I couldn't... Um, one thing I want to say about the... As we talk about justice and, and, and things of that nature, I heard this brother <clears throat> speak and preach at a conference. It was a couple of years ago. It was called the Just Gospel Conference. And he laid out from the Bible, mm. like, 
the scriptures, the holy scriptures, mm-hmm, them scripts, biblical theology of, of justice that I've just, the way that you put that together. I've never heard it like that before. Mm. So because we're in our justice and peace theme, I think you can kind of close us in this, <laughs> you know what I mean? This biblical theology mm. on, on justice. Why mm. is it important? And more specifically, like in terms of the restoration aspect right. of the broken mm-hmm. and how that applies to the broken cities. So, yeah. Yeah. And this is good, man. I, I think, you know, the first thing we do want to appreciate is that God has a heart for justice. Mm. And so it's not just like our issue. It's not a circumstance. It's kind of sitting out there. Should we be concerned? God mm-hmm. is concerned. Amen. Yeah. Amen. God said, the thing that's grabbed me about what, what the Lord says about himself, I'm going to read a text here in just a minute. It's not just that God is concerned about justice. He's also concerned about our response or non-response. Mm-hmm. Okay. That okay. our non-response to justice wow. is a problem with God. So injustice is a problem with God. God's people being indifferent to injustice is a problem with God. So, mm-hmm. so those two yeah. things together. And so I'm just read this passage. So, there's a, so you're saying there's an orthopathos that we should have. When there, it comes there's to an orthopathos. You know, somebody unpack that real quick. Orthopathos. It's like there are a lot of people who might not even know about that. What do you? What do you yeah, orthopathos is the idea of. Uh, so when you think about orthodoxy, it mm-hmm. thinks about the right um, Worship. thinking, right, right doctrine, mm-hmm. orthopraxis, this idea of the right practice, right behaviors. Or the pathos is the right feeling that we should have towards Ooh, someone. Feelings. So that's what it Amen. seems like you're trying to communicate. I, I think that's right. So, so pathos is, think about it as that thing that drives us. And so mm. it's like the impetus. Yeah. And so the right pathos always gives rise to right action. Got it. And that's so it's good. the thing that moves me. I'm stirred to do something about it. God has pathos. So this is passage, man. I'm just reading it very quickly. Isaiah 59, 14 through 16. So here's what God says. He says, justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away for truth has stumbled in the public squares. We can sit there for a minute, right? Mm. He says, uprightness cannot enter. Verse 15, truth is lacking. And he who departs from evil makes himself a prey, meaning that if you try to do the right thing, they come and get you. The Lord saw it. Here it is. And it displeased him that there was no justice. That's his heart about injustice. Listen to verse 16. Mm. He saw that there was no man Mm. and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Wow. Wow. And so that's the thing that we want to feel is that God is like, what are y'all doing? Where y'all at? And so don't y'all see this? Mm-hmm. Don't you see what's happening here? Mm. And God is wondering, like, what's the deal with them? Yeah. What's the problem with them? Mm. And so we want to feel that and get off our, you know, have some pathos. That's right. That's right. And engage in justice when we see it. Yeah. What, I, what I love about that, what I notice about this, and, and that's not the only passage. That's it, right. It's right. The Old Testament is full of passages like yes. this. Yes. Tons. First of all, it speaks to God's heart. So yes. not just sort of like intellectual thing, but he's that's right. mm-hmm. moved by it. And it's interesting how detailed God's noticing specific right. things that and, and specific things at multiple levels, structural levels, cultural right. levels. Right. This is not just like a few of you are, you know, shoplifting, right? It just <laughs> with the, the, the way the right. whole city or culture is oriented is, is disenfranchising certain people. It's taking advantage of others. Exactly people are right. being let behind. Right. And so God's movement, God's notice of that thing. And then what I love that you added in is, right. and then his like, well, you need to do something. Exactly. People. Us. Exactly. People. God's people. Where you right. at? You to, That's exactly yeah, where you at? And, right. you know, in some cases, it's God's people, like, 
participating in the injustice mm-hmm. or other cases they're they're passive they're apathetic mm, to it that's right and god is, is displeased right by by both those realities amen brother that's right on indifference to those things is the deep problem with god so we, right. all, we often think about guilt as being a perpetrator of some yeah. wrong i did something wrong yeah but the absence of goodness not yeah. doing a good thing for god is a deep problem Yes. You think wow. about Matthew 25, 31 through 48, right? Jesus kind of, we're going to separate the people as the shepherd separates the sheep from the mm-hmm. goats. The problem with those so-called goats, they didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And the consequence was not some kind of y'all should have done better. Yeah. The consequence was throw them out into outer darkness. Wow. And wow. so there's a real moral problem, an absence of grace to look at mm. injustice and turn away. Yeah. Look but, at woundness and just leave yeah. the scene. So, um, I want to make sure I do. I, I give this sort of a potential, the kind of rejoinder people tend to give right. here justice because I, I don't like it, but so I don't want to disparage it. But right. um, I'll just say, I mean, for some people at this point, they'd say, well, look, all we need to do is just preach the gospel. <laughs> 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 right. uh, and I'm not trying to like make fun, say it in a funny way, but like, <laughs> but like they would say like, yes, God cares about injustice, right. yeah. but it's not really the mission of the church per wow. se to like, we can't really change everything. We don't, we're not experts right. in these kind of things. And so really we should see those things and tell people about Jesus. Hopefully That's they'll right. believe in Jesus, et cetera. One day God will fix those things. Mm. Uh, and you know, yeah. obviously maybe individual church members will, will do some things, but right. this, it's, this is not a concern for God's people, particularly the church per mm. se. That's right. It, so they're, they're That's with you and say. saying, yeah, that's bad. But then I think they, they want to jump off the bus when you say, well, and we should be, actively noticing and doing something as the church. But what else will well, we, what else will we preach though? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I want to hear what he says. Like what, yeah. how do you, oh, okay, okay. so how, I, mean, I, I think that's great. So, so, so what do we preach? I think the first yeah. thing, which is something that I think that we have lost and how we are like developing and discipling our people with the gospel and, and its implications. One thing okay. we need to address with our people is the reality of their judgment. Oh, mm. wow. Is mm. that they're going to be judged and so we have this confusion. We, we think that judgment, even if you're in Christ, mm-hmm. is some kind of orthodoxical exam, right? Oh. So you're going to say, hey, okay, you know, I'm, I'm in Christ. <laughs> so why should God let you into heaven? This is classic like evangelism explosion thing, right? Well, I, I, I've accepted Christ as my savior. That's not the basis of judgment. Every judgment that we see in scripture mm-hmm. is an examination According of behavior. What you done. And so yep. Paul says mm. to the Corinthians that we will mm-hmm. all come from the feet of Christ as the Christians. Yeah. Everything that we've done in the body, whether good or bad. When you look at judgment in Revelation 20, it says the books are open and what people have done mm-hmm. is written in the books. Now, let me just say this real quick. We think the book of life is a register. Like just a list of mere like a names. Ledger. Like it's a ledger. Yeah. Yeah. It's a chronicle. Ooh. All the books that we see in scripture <laughs> are chronicles of life. I need the this book clue of bomb, life bro. is a chronicle of what you've done. Wow. In the book of life, we'll see what God's people have done consistent with life. It matters what we if do. If you're not in the narrative, like I don't see your name in it. What did mm. you do? Yeah. Wow. What did you do? Oh, I went to church and yeah, that, that's uh, not in the book of life. <laughs> church and I preach the gospel. Action. <laughs> I preach the gospel. And so we need folks to feel that they have wow. a judgment day. Yeah. And that the things that they do is the basis of that judgment. And indifference is something that's not judged well. Now we're not saying to them that they will be condemned. Yeah. Um, but we are saying that they will be judged. Yeah. And they can experience loss. Or think about Matthew seven. 
they could be condemned. Mm. It just depends. It, I mean, it depends on the individual, obviously. Yeah. But just saying that Christ is Lord does not mean that you're in Christ. Yeah. Mm. And so that's why I think mm. Jesus made very clear to us. Yeah. yeah. We'll have more. I don't want to hog the, the table here. <laughs> you were gonna say something before? Oh no, I was gonna just say like the whole idea of like, oh, just preach the gospel in regards to justice and stuff like that. It's like, well, he, of course we <laughs> yeah. of course we proclaim the gospel. Like, you know, what else what else will we preach? So it was just, you know, that's more of a thought there. It's, it's fascinating though, it's the same type of like, you know, letter from a Birmingham jail with uh, yeah. Dr. King. It's kind of like the same type of rhetoric that you know you've kind of been hearing that he yeah. that he even heard in in his day the whole idea of preach the gospel. But like this is I have not heard that that angle on it that which is to say which is I mean a biblical one and really I think Amen. helpful it expands. I mean there's a lot of things we can say in answer to right. that objection, but I think it's really helpful and for people to pick up on that one of the reasons why we should be speaking not just of like hey, we need to share the gospel with people, but also live out the implications, live out the gospel. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that involves not being passive when it comes to injustice. One of the reasons we need to do that is because we have to give account. Yes. We add an eschatological dimension mm. to it. That's right. Which mm. It's just there. I haven't really thought about. And actually, you know, it's funny. I don't think people talk, a, we don't talk a ton about this. Right. We don't. No. We, we talk yeah. more about, well, yeah, you're going to be saved and you're good. But this idea of, and I think there's some mystery to this, but like there is some measure of us having to give account for Amen. how we live yeah. our lives as Christians. Yes. And we do not talk about accountability that yeah. way. That's yeah. right. Like we don't say you're going to be held accountable. Right. We talk about having accountability partners, but it's always like, well, did mm-hmm. you not do this? Did you not do this? I think we should probably start thinking about accountability to say, hey, who is in your life fueling you, breathing life, mm-hmm. animating you to be like, Amen. yo, man. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, you're not doing enough. Yo, you're skilled. You have, you're creative. You can speak. You've got this experience. You've run departments. You've built organizations. Like, but then you come to church and just sit. Like, there's more you can do. And then, like, what you're saying, it sounds like you're like, hey, that great great right throne is trying to tell these stories. And if your story isn't there, it's like, (laughs) you didn't do anything. You didn't. Mm. Like, let's be more accountable to the gifts that God has actually given us. It actually Mm. sounds like, the parable of the talents exactly and the guy who buried mm-hmm. something that's yeah. right. it's like god's gonna come back jesus is coming back and be like so let's assess mm. yes. what you did with what i gave you exactly and you were living in this and, and again it's 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 scary to everybody because you're like yeah i gotta i gotta do more here's the question i know mm. i kind of want to rant for the people who 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 try to bounce to the social gospel and again these are these are some very reputable platform you know, people who have big platforms saying, oh, well, that just sounds like social gospel, right? They try to deflect it so so quickly mm-hmm. or they try to say, oh, well, you're 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 playing with works salvation mm-hmm. because it, because <laughs> it sounds so heavy. Mm-hmm. It sounds so yeah. like, yo, it's about what you do. I, I'm just interested in how you respond to that. Yeah, uh, because people try to use those things <laughs> like distractions or it's like uh, triggers for people who are listening to be like, oh no, that listen to them. That's just that's just work salvation. That's just works. Mm. That's works gospel. That's social gospel. It's just it's the same old thing. More labels. without actual yeah. exactly. They just try to label it and try to cast it out, um, and not really pay attention to the um, the substance that you're mm. giving in Matthew seven with. Um, that's right. And all the in all the other passages that are there, like how do you respond to people who try to quickly do I that? Mean, it's a fair question uh, because our works have no merit. And so we need to know that there's nothing that we can do that can warrant 
are actually gaining the kingdom. So there is no weightiness, moral, spiritual virtue in our works that would somehow compel God yeah. to give us life. Mm. And so all of our doing is inadequate for that, but it's very much required. Mm. And so in so many ways, it's conditional. And so we have to live that way if we're going to experience life. It doesn't mean that we're earning it. It just right. means because it's a work that God does, there is grace there that empowers righteous living. It's the nature of it. So you think about Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. He describes the gospel in those first few verses, which is a very compelling mm -hmm. description. And then he talks about how hard he's worked. He says yep. that he's worked, but not I, mm -hmm. but the grace of God that is in me. And so grace always compels action, work. There's no way to understand grace without it also being power. And so we've mm. kind of reckoned grace as status. Yeah. And so God has given us this status, this new kind of recognition. But it's much more than that. It's his presence. It's, it's really the poignancy of his presence. Mm. It's the reality of the spirit living in us that causes us to live righteously, justly. And so I think one of the things we need to do is to elevate. It seems strange even to say this. Mm -hmm. It seems bizarre. We talked about this on Friday night. It's to elevate the teaching of Christ. <laughs> We've got to elevate Jesus mm -hmm. and his words and understanding what it means to be in him. For example, just real quick, twice Jesus was asked explicitly, what must I do to inherit mm -hmm. eternal life? Mm -hmm. Now, if we had responded the way Jesus did, Folks would say, hey, listen, brother, I'm not sure if you understand the gospel. <laughs> I'm not sure if you get it. <laughs> so when Jesus ended up talking about active love, right? When he right. talked about the, you know, this, this, this loving, this man who is in desperate need, mm -hmm. where he speaks to the rich young ruler mm -hmm. and he explains, okay, great, there's one thing you lack mm -hmm. that you need to give away all you have and <laughs> then give it to the poor and then follow me. If I responded that way, almost every brother that we know would pull us aside and say, Hey, listen, man, mm. let me kind of explain this to you wow. kind of more yeah. clearly. Right. We're grateful for the reformation and we're thankful for how Luther and others clarified some deficiency in Catholic kind of right. understanding of what it meant to be righteous, but we need to rediscover Christ mm. in his words and understand he's the judge. Mm. And so he's given us what he's looking for when we stand before him. How crazy would it be yeah. when he's given us all the answers beforehand and then we come and give him something else. Right. And so we need to get what he's kind of said we need to do and to be so we can stand before him and be and here. Well done. So Christians in the church, we, we, we have a moral obligation really for the Lord to speak against injustice and to, to promote Amen. Uh, justice. That's to, right. To to, to yeah. do good and to 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 notice the things that, mm. that God because it, it's God's heart. We need to have God's heart, right? For, That's for right. those for for justice. Uh, I wonder then if have you thought about in terms of maybe if we can say more to that in terms of are there ways in which there's some things God particularly notices, right? Mm. I think if you look at the, some of the ways in which injustice and the things that God notices uh, are described in the Bible, it does seem there's a particular mm. bent. Towards, uh, so it's not like God is like noticing that, like, oh, you know, the, the injustice of a higher, you know, uh, higher gas, <laughs> gas <laughs> inflation, inflation, yeah. unjust, <laughs> so the, yeah, which I, I don't like it, right? Right. It's but like, you know, it's, it's just not, you know, right. Uh, when no, you think of the like range that. of things, I think there's a, there's a there's a sense in which 
there's certain themes that pop up. And so I'm, I'm sort of leading you here in terms of like the fatherless, That's right? right. Exactly. The orphan, the widows, the, widow. the vulnerable yeah. community. Sojourner. Sojourner. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. I have only speak to that in terms yeah. of maybe some things. I, the God has sort of seeded the waters a little bit to say, and here's maybe some areas that God particularly is moved by Amen. that then the church should be moved by. Yeah, the Lord profiled those in amongst the people of Israel who were on the margins. On the margins, yeah. Here are those who are vulnerable in your society. These are the ones who are on the edge of falling through the cracks and falling down and can't recover. So that's how you define the margins. Those exactly. Who are just, okay. And that can vary depending on where we are. Yeah. Right? It just depends on the nature of our context. Yeah. And so, but that's the that's the substance of the profile. Who are those? that are at risk in your context, in your situation of being crushed or being lost, being left behind, being mm. missed, who can't truly, truly fend for themselves. A fatherless person has no provider, has no protector. And so who's going to provide and protect them? Mm -hmm. A widow doesn't have a husband to provide for her. Who's going to do that for her? This sojourn doesn't really have any rights and not mm -hmm. one of us. And so they're here trying to scratch out a kind of life. Mm -hmm. Who's going to ensure that they can still thrive and flourish where flourishing is meant to be what it means to be in Israel. That's the goal of the promised land. Who's mm -hmm. going to look out for them? Yeah. So that's our concern is identifying those yeah. who are the vulnerable. And we need to proactively and consistently ensure that they, that vulnerability is being strengthened and help them escape that vulnerability. Yeah. I think the Lord is calling us to that. And, mm. and if I can say, I mean, it, it seems like God's heart for those 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 populations. It's it's a to some degree, it's an unconditional type of Amen. love for 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 people. And it, it, I think that's one of the things too that sometimes gets lost in this is that in whether they are vulnerable, marginalized, and oftentimes it's a mixture. Maybe it's personal decisions they've mm. made. Or it's structural societal things. It doesn't matter. Mm, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right? It's, it doesn't matter. God says we should still notice them. That's right. And move towards them and care right. for them. And we're bringing them into sort of, uh, and, and the idea isn't to just like, okay, we need to make them rich. Right? It's to bring them into community, to bring them That's into right. the kingdom. Amen. Um, and to use all the resources that God has given God's people into this bigger vision of what God is doing. Amen. And, and the Lord provided us, not he provided Israel, not just instruction. But he gave them structure. Yeah. Mm. So things like the Sabbath year yeah. was yeah. intended to be a trigger on the calendar for you to do restorative justice. When you see that day, yeah. you're going to forgive all the, all the debts. Wow. When you see that day, mm. you're going to release slaves. And so every 50 years when you see that day, you're going to restore lands that were lost. So this yeah. is God's prescription against generational poverty. Yeah. And so God doesn't want to see generational mm. poverty. There's always another chance. Exactly. There's always wow. another chance that's consistent with the gospel. And that's God's heart. His God is a God. It seems very cliche. He's a God of another chance. Yeah. That's how morally, spiritually, that's where he is. And we need to be that way as well. Yeah. yeah. This is like really, really good. You're bringing up a lot of Bible. And at Roosevelt, you know, one of our values is to be biblically rooted. So mm -hmm. we, we stand on the scriptures. Amen. Um, but it seems like Everything you're saying is so like, oh yeah, like of course. But why do you think some people may not necessarily? Um, yeah, like there seems like there's a disconnect with people that would say that, oh yeah, you know, just, just preach the gospel, just whatever, and they hold to the Bible, or they they say that they hold to the Bible as well. But it seems like, yeah. So what's the what's the disconnect? Because there seems to yeah. be a disconnect because you're using mm -hmm. a lot of Bible that I don't think any Bible believing Christian would necessarily disagree with. 
but practically, functionally, it seems like they do. I don't know if it's an informational problem. And, and so I, I don't think it's mainly the fact that folks are unaware of this. And they may be unaware. Okay. okay. They may be unaware. And, and I say that because, and we kind of talked about this this morning, is a heart like God always responds like God. It's going to. It's, the, it's his nature. And so if you take a person with God's heart who are, who are formed and shaped, who look like Jesus, when they see brokenness, mm-hmm. they're going to respond to them. They may, they may not know how to respond to it in a broad way. Mm. They may not understand instinctively systemic issues. You may need to explain that to them. You may yeah. need to show them the reach of this problem. Mm-hmm. And then when they understand that reach, they will act accordingly. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why folks are kind of in, insensitive or unmoved mm. by this issue is it does not touch their heart. Mm. Their hearts aren't there. It is an orthopathos problem. Mm. And so if you take the, the challenge of what we have with, say, racism in the evangelical church, kind of inadequate response to racism historically in this country, it's not that they didn't know that the Bible provided a framework for dealing with racial injustice. They didn't care. Yeah. Mm. And they had their own issues and things like that. They didn't really uh, value the life of these slaves. We think about reconstruction. Man, the South strengthened itself to be to bring a new wave of racism. Yeah. They had to dig mm, deep mm-hmm. and construct a whole new level. Yeah. Of racism. Yeah. And so, and they went past in, what, what so-called liberals were saying. They just deflected all that stuff. So it's a heart problem. Mm-hmm. I think it's, we can call it wow. a theological problem, but ultimately it's a spiritual problem. Mm. And what's mm. needed is a genuine heart change. Wow. How can you be regenerate mm. and have a sustained resistance to racial justice? Sustain. So, now you may, may maybe your dad taught you that, and then you're like, I didn't know better. And then here comes the pastor and explains it. And then I get it and I feel it. Uh, but sustained, I think it's deeper than just understanding. Yeah. So when you, I, I've heard, I've had people tell me before that racism is a heart problem, which yeah. is why you need to preach the gospel. That's why the focus <laughs> needs to be on the gospel. Because the heart needs to change. And that's really what's going to cause the change in society and change in cities. And so I'm, I'm super interested to hear how you were, because I know there's nuance to it, but there's a degree where how, how do you respond to someone who, who, it's almost like you have the right premise, but you get to the wrong conclusion. And so there seems to be an understanding like, yes, we know racism is a problem. Yes, we know it's a problem of the heart. But when it comes to my role in seeing those structures and policies and behaviors change, that seems to be out of bounds. Yeah. That seems to be outside the lines. And and pastorally and, and even like relationally, how do you respond to people who think like that? such that you actually start to see the kind of restorations amongst the cities, right? Like Birmingham had a real problem. Churches are being bombed and nobody's doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then King writes a letter and he's saying like, you're Amen. saying we should wait. We should be patient. <laughs> and churches yeah. were being bombed. Amen. And I yeah. go, how is that the response when people blew up? Yeah. Or when somebody walks into Charleston and shoots people mm. and they're like, 
but just be patient. Mm. It's a heart change. Like, how do you respond in, in such a way to understand, like, no, when God talks about justice, there's something that should happen inside you to move so that you actually see a city change. And that's not, wow. That's not incongruent with the gospel. Like mm. that's really good brother. Mm. Um, so Dallas Willard in his book his excellent book, the renovation of the heart. Mm-hmm. He says that being conformed to Christ is having the inner life of Christ, the inner life of Christ mm. to be our inner life. And so that who Christ is in his heart, in his humanity, becomes who we are. That's what it means to be conformed mm. to Christ. And so how mm. do we go from being who we are, or who we were, and becoming truly conformed to Christ inwardly? Mm-hmm. Jesus gave us the recipe for that. The recipe is very, very simple, that we're to go and make disciples. Mm. And we do that, yes, by proclaiming who he is and what he's done. In fact, he's died and that he's alive. Yeah. We baptize. But then we also command them to obey all that I've taught you. And so when we do that, when you are teaching what Jesus commanded, there are two responses. There's a response of resistance and there's a response of reception. Mm. And so those who are truly regenerate, the Lord says that his sheep know his voice. And so those who are regenerate receive the teachings Mm -hmm. of Jesus they embrace them as hard as they are. They feel the weight of the cross and they grab it. Mm-hmm. So they're not trying to divert it or push it away. They see Jesus there. They embrace it with all their hearts. There are those who hear it, even if they claim to know Christ, who reject it. And they are not regenerate. It is, they do not have the spirit. Mm. Because the spirit teaches us who Christ is. It helps us to receive who he is so we can follow him. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we preach the gospel, but we preach Christ. Yep. We preach and teach Christ. And when we do so, many, his people, will be changed by that. Mm-hmm. And those who are not, won't. Now, we don't kick them out of our churches. Mm-hmm. We don't, like, give a bunch of, you know, examine their lives and decide whether mm-hmm. they want to stay or not. You got you to leave, live in faith of Roosevelt. Jesus says, leave them in there together. They're all mm-hmm. going to be in there together. You start if you if you start pulling one out, you can pull all out, right? All the roots are all oh, mixed right. in together. Right. So don't try to disconnect them. But we do need to understand that those who really know Jesus are going to respond to his words. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're called to as pastors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is we really are called to Jesus as people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We really are called to the Lord's people. Mm-hmm. And to really to see them made perfect, right? Yeah. To present them perfect. Yep. So we call to Colossians 1, 20 yep, and 29. Yep, yep. And so that, that, that I think is how we, how we pursue that. How have you then seen that as it works out into the city's restoration as people start to, Oh, I think that's good. You man. See what like so it's you, kind of what we talked about this morning. So yeah. I, I think those folks, those heart changed people are kind of out in the city looking around. It doesn't have to be a church mm. program. It doesn't mean that we're going to bring the elders together and figure out what we're going to do about this or that. Mm-hmm. You might, mm-hmm. but I think those mm-hmm. folks okay. who were there and all their humanity, they're looking around. And they come back to you and say, Pastor, I'm thinking about doing this, or can the church do that? Yeah. So they bring that ingenuity and mm-hmm. energy to mm-hmm. affect those situations, maybe start organizations, maybe do a, a little initiative, mm-hmm. uh, maybe take a class to understand how to address these things better. Maybe somebody decides to go to school and get a degree in urban planning. You know, a whole variety of things that start they can do. Start a business. Start a business. Mm-hmm. But their formation mm-hmm. becomes the ground of all that redemptive action. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So yeah, and I think it, what we're saying then is ideally 
so the, the church has a heart for biblical justice, is preaching to it, and it provides an environment and platform by which Amen. people are able to to organize and connect, et cetera. And it's not to say like, okay, the elders are now going to run right. the school board, right? Maybe. Right. <laughs> That's right. Maybe they, they should. should. Right. But maybe it's more like they've created a context by which now the people understand what it is Amen. and are able to find one another and they're encouraged mm-hmm. and the church maybe even supports people yes. in the, mm-hmm. that community, people yeah. in that church starting, you know, a, a particular school that helps the, the children of that particular neighborhood. That's good, brother. That's good. I think it's right so, on. And, and the Creek Collective, mm. The kind of things you're trying to do, I think, fall along those lines. I mean, that's so the, exactly right. The, the typical, what's an ideal Creek Collective church planner for you in terms of <laughs> the neighborhood? Oh, that's a good question, brother. I think that. What do they care yeah. about? What's their ethos? What, what, how do they yeah. approach it? What kind of churches do you want to see Creek Collective churches? I, I think this. I think the ideal Creek Collective planter has a heart for communities that are broken. Yeah, they're drawn to those communities. They love Jesus, yeah. and they're drawn to those communities. Okay. Those two things together, and so and so we want to invest. And those people with those kinds of hearts. Yeah. And so we're not trying to give them that. So, so, so if you, if you don't have <laughs> mm, it, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be a Creek Collective planner. Yeah. And so you have to, that, that's kind of the precondition mm. is that you're Sorry, trying to figure you. out, you want the competency. Yeah. Know? You want to know how do I really develop my capacity? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to give you the conviction. Right. Yeah. And so if you bring that conviction, then the Creek Collective wants to shape, strengthen, kind of show you how you can be most impactful connect you with other pastors who have the same concern. You guys can encourage one another. Mm. You can learn from each other, things like that. Yeah. And so that's one of the primary things that we discern. Are you biblically qualified to be a pastor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are Amen. you contextually qualified for those locations? Yeah. And so the, the, those are the wow. two things. And if those two things are there, then we can move forward in the process and yeah. there's some practical considerations after Amen. that. Yeah. Is, can, you, can you talk, I've not heard that, that term, that phrase, contextually qualified, mm. because I know we we we've talked about a lot of mission, but I don't know if we've talked a lot about a lot of contextualization. You said that, and and you didn't say just contextualization, you said particularization, right? And I thought that was really interesting to talk about how somebody can be qualified for a specific neighborhood, yes, and the understanding and the IQ they need to have about that area, about the city, about the people there. And what the movement needs to be like. You, you like, can you talk a little bit about how you That's like contextually qualified? So let me say what contextually qualified is not. Contextually qualified does not mean that you kind of fit with the vibe. Mm-hmm. You kind of, you're from the neighborhood. You can talk. You can use kind of the vernacular. Mm. You know, you can use the shorthand. Good. That's not what it is. Mm-hmm. And so often we're looking for folks who work in urban context, right? Mm-hmm. Who look like they're like the urban? They kind of got that, you know. That vibe. that's a good distinction. Praise God if they do. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but that's not contextually qualified. Now I think sometimes in a missiological way, we are looking for that and trying to identify folks yeah. for that context based yeah. on that. Yeah, contextually qualified simply means that I've got a heart for that context, and I can recognize the kinds of things that are prescriptive for that context. Mm. And so you could be. I mean, literally. I know this is going to seem tricky. But you can be kind of this lily white brother from Iowa mm-hmm. and going to do gospel redemptive ministry right in the heart, say, of black Birmingham. Mm. And I think the missional profile that we see in the New Testament proves that to be the case. Yeah, Paul didn't have to be like everywhere he was going. Right. 
It's a spirit thing, man. Mm -hmm. This is not some kind of human organic thing where you got, I mean, Paul understood the context. He understood Greek culture and things like that. But he was Jewish. Yeah. And so, and so if you have a love and heart for those people, people respond to that. They do. They respond to your genuineness, your integrity. They respond to that. And the spirit of God is there. That's good. If you have that and the spirit of God is there, you can be an effective church planter in some of the most challenging neighborhoods in our nation. Maybe so. David Wilkerson, right? I mean, that's him doing his thing in New York. Yeah. And uh, Kit Danley here at Neighborhood Ministries. Praise God. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. I feel like you've blessed us three times this weekend, threefold. Wow, because you, well, four times, maybe fivefold, uh, like maybe like, five. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you blessed us a lot, man. So, um, you guys have blessed me, brother. I mean, yeah. this has been. That's been good. I needed this. <laughs> I needed right. just to hang and build with some with some folks, and yeah, um, and uh, you know, I get this obviously at home with our church. Um, getting with you guys sometimes when I'm, you know, out doing, you know, stuff, I won't say with whom, uh, does I always feel that. <laughs> you're defending and deflecting and you're like trying to dutch and dodge. Bobby <laughs> Weed, Trying to Bobby justify Weed. and explain. <laughs> nah, that's good. This has been good, man. This is like being at home. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, next time you got to bring some of your folks with you. Love to do that, man. We'll see if next time we can get get some of the fellas, get Amin and, and KB and those guys. Oh, come yeah. through. I'm going to pull yeah, up, yeah, man, for yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 I'm going to get the micro. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Come through. Yeah. Come what what they say on the Southside Rabbi, the illustrious. Yeah. Where is that? The illustrious. KB has his interesting do it, do uh, introduction. Southside Rabbi. Yeah, yeah. Hey. hey. Yeah. Talk to that camera right yeah. now. Hey. Y'all it. I'm going to send you guys the link. Come on, Doc. Come through. Come through. We all about it. I'm going to get my pads right, too, so I can drop some clue bombs whenever y'all drop them dimes. So we'll come with it. Amen. Well, listen, man. Thank you, brother. This has been great. Uh, if you are listening, continue to keep listening. Continue to subscribe to our podcast, Unsolid Church. Where YouTube we channel. About a whole host of different things. Typically things that churches are silent on. Mm-hmm. We are talking about it here on this podcast. And this is the conclusion of season three. Season this three. This is it, man. So uh, as we always say, love God, love people. We are out. Peace. <laughs>